and amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you all for coming here to, to worship together today at uh, Redwood Christian Church. Uh, if you haven't found your assigned seats, because there aren't any, so feel free to sit where you'd like. Unless you're the Clarks, then you have to sit where Randy is sitting. So everybody else, though, it's open. Uh, I, we had a great time up at uh, family camp up uh, Willow Lake. It was it was really it was really fun uh, and dirty. Uh, there was a well, I, we had kids, so um, I mean they were. Oh, that's me. I, I think I'm pretending to hold the microphone. I think that's what's happening. <laughs> But uh, I think my kids experienced camp for the first time, really, because, I mean, like, when we had camp before or when we camped with them before, it was just our family, but we woke up and we just kind of opened the door to the RV and just kind of sent the kids out and go, okay, have fun, you know, but, and they did. <laughs> but yeah, we had a, we had a great time. Uh, I just, I, I did want to think, I, I know Dave Stuchel, he's not listening to this more than likely, but. Um, just, we had complete selflessness of people. He, he loaned us the boat the entire time that we were up there. I mean, I, it's a very expensive, very nice boat, and he would hate the fact that I brought it up, but he loaned it to us the, the entire time that we were up at camp, and that's, it's amazing. It's amazing that people would trust us that much. Uh, he didn't let me drive it, but I mean, like, <laughs> maybe next time we'll get you, so... Uh, yeah, I also wanted to thank the whole Clark family. Randy was technically the, the head that planned it and put it all together. Um, but yeah, it was, you know, Diane and, of course, uh, Olivia and Robert. And uh, we just want to say, I just want to say thank you for your, your selflessness and your service. Uh, one quick shout out for volunteers for next year for, for family camp is that it is exhausting to do, to do the planning and, and everything by yourself. And we're going to put a team together to help Randy uh, for next year. So if you want to be on that committee, so you're going to plan, you're going to serve, you're going to have tasks that are going to be your own. We're going to set that up. It's going to be great. So uh, Randy did an amazing job, but he would love some help. As we continue to grow as a family, our needs grow. Our needs grow as we continue to grow as a family. I think about when, when Catherine and I first got married, we had a, a tiny little uh, like two bedroom, I think it was like 992 square feet, uh, and then we had like a little um, like room in the back that was technically not part of the square footage. Uh, and then we, you know, we had a kid, and you know, it didn't feel that small. And then we got pregnant with baby number two, and it was too small, so we had to get a new house. And so as we continue to grow as a church, I'm not talking about needing a new house, but what we need is we need to have a mindset that we're going to have to step up more, right? We're going to have to, we're going to, have to take on some tasks that maybe we weren't uh, needing to do before our, our family was growing, but now that our family is growing, we're going to have to serve some more. Um, you know, like uh, in my home growing up, we had a list of chores to do. I, I still remember the list of chores. I don't remember it fondly, but I still remember it. And, you know, all of, I, I had two brothers, I had an older brother and a younger brother, and we had, we had our chores that were ours to do, and then we had extra chores that would, you know, earn us money, but we had to, we had, my mom would inspect, you know, the chores that we were, were doing, and, uh, you know, I was, mostly I was like doing the dishes and cleaning the bathrooms, and my brothers were like mowing the lawn and, and taking on some of these other roles, but 
the reality was is that when my, when my older brother graduated from high school and he moved away, his chores then were split with my younger brother and I. And sometimes that, that, that's how it feels when we have, we have volunteer opportunities where, where we have uh, need of people to, to step up. And it's kind of like that where our family's growing and we've had some people that used to do these things, but now uh, they don't uh, attend here. And so we have, we have a lot of volunteer opportunities. And so outside this, these doors, outside of the left, we have a welcome center uh, that uh, our administrative assistant, uh, Mish, is running, and we would love for you to sign up there. She's going to ask you. Other people are going to ask you to do things. My encouragement is start with yes, unless you really don't want to, right? Start with yes. Uh, I, I love kids, and I will serve in kids' ministry if that's asked of me, if that's required of me. But emotionally, I'm not going to last very long with a great attitude because, I mean, I have two kids at home and they're crazy. So I, I, I get it. I get it that sometimes it's hard to serve in roles that you're not called to, you don't feel passionate about. Uh, but the only way you will really find out what you are passionate about is if you try it, right? We are a family here at Redwood Christian Church. We need everyone to do their part. So at home, right, we clean up. Uh, we serve uh, we, if we want our services to run well. And everything's going fine right now. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's not like, you know, the ship's not on fire. We haven't derailed. Everything's going great. But as we plan to continue to grow, we have to be asking the question, are we following the prompting of the Holy Spirit and of our leaders? Are we stepping up to the plate and serving in roles as we can? So just try something. That's my encouragement. If you don't serve already in a role, just Try something. We need people to, you know, prepare the bulletins or uh, OCEF comes here. We have a group of, of, of young ladies that get the OCEF letters ready and, and things like that. We have lots of things to do. The Lord's Storehouse. We have uh, the, the church needs to be, to be cleaned. Um, yeah, stuff like that. And we're going to have a lot more projects to come. So just keep that in mind. Uh, what are, are, are you going to do? What are you going to do to step up uh, in order to help us to be a family where everyone doesn't feel overwhelmed that is serving? So, so just ask yourself, and I, I'm not I'm trying to guilt trip you, just what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Because uh, we are a family, so what, you know, if you come to a family dinner and you don't bring anything, that's okay for a while. It's okay when you're younger and you don't really know what you're supposed to bring, but then when you, you know, what are you going to bring to the family dinner? Are you going to do the dishes afterwards? Are you going to, you know, bring food to the potluck? What's going to happen? So just think of it like that. The church is a family. Okay, I'll stop talking about that. Okay, um, we are continuing our study in the book of Philippians. Again, I love this book, and we finally made it to chapter 2. I did want to say a big thank you to, to Oli for preaching last week a great sermon on forgiveness, living in the forgiveness of God and... Then how do we forgive others? And uh, it's fantastic. So thank you for doing that. Uh, and, 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 we're, and we're going so fast today that we're going to do two whole verses. It's going to be crazy. Hold on to your seats. We're going to go fast. Uh, so the book of Philippians, if, if you have your Bibles on you, it's about 90% of the way through the Bible. It's between uh, Ephesians and Colossians. And this is, what, this is what it says. So this is uh, Philippians 
chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. So, so if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. So I'm sure you guys are asking, how is this guy going to preach half an hour on two verses? And I just say, just watch, just watch. So, uh, so again, uh, this is, so this is Paul, right? He's, uh, he's the writer of uh, at least 13 books of our, of our New Testament. And so he's writing to the church in Philippi, which is why it's the Philippians. And he's telling them, he's encouraging them. He says, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, uh, any of the emotional gooey stuff that men just love to participate in, right? The, the wives in this room go, yes, my husband just loves to be emotional and, and just talk about his feelings. No? So this sermon, I'm sure the men are like, okay, I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm emotionally checking out. I'm not going to pay attention. Uh, the less syllables, the better, right, for men. The less hung, hungry. Yeah. How's your car? Fast. How's your boat? Big right? The less syllables, the better. And uh, so Paul is, he's, he's kind of gently nudging them. He, he goes, hey, I know this doesn't come naturally to you. Because he's writing this, he's writing this letter primarily to the men in the church, the leaders in the church. And he's saying, I know these things don't always come naturally to you. So this is, this is what I'm saying. When you, when you have these things within you, the encouragement in Christ and the comfort and love, like share these things. Do not hold on to them. Do not uh, kept them uh, dwelled with inside of you. It is difficult for most men to talk about their feelings in, in a truly authentic way. Like most men, if their best friend won some prestigious award like the Pulitzer Prize or something like that, uh, we might be like, hey, heard you won the Pulitzer uh, now that you have one, could you, uh, you know, try to train a little more for our basketball league? It's like, we don't actually give real encouragement most of the time. We have a hard time without the influence of the Holy Spirit being real, being present, and being raw. Is that true, men? We have a hard time sometimes being real, being present, and being raw. Is that true? For some of you men, some of you men have already conquered this and Good for you, but I'm still struggling with it. Uh, I, I, know this, I know this life well. And the reason that I know this life well is because my father grew up with an abusive, absent, emotionally unavailable father. He was an alcoholic. He was a truck driver. Uh, my dad tells me stories that he would just give him $20 and then be gone for 10 days when my dad was 10. So when it came time for my dad to be a father, he wasn't sure what to do. He, wasn't, he didn't know what a man was supposed to be because what his dad taught him, that all that a man was supposed to do was give money and get out of the way. Ultimately, my, my father, he knew that what he needed to do was work to make sure his family was provided for. And he knew he didn't want to abuse us. He was so intentional about that. My father almost never spanked me because he was so afraid of being abusive. My dad was infinitely better as a dad than his father was. He stayed. He, he loved us the way that he knew how. But as far as emotions were concerned, he was emotionally unavailable for us as his, as his children. 
whether or not his parenting techniques were, were, were causing harm, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't thinking about that. He was just thinking, okay, I don't know what to do, but I know what not to do, and so I'm just not going to do those things. He wasn't even sure what his relationship was supposed to be, so he taught us a lot of the uh, emotional fallacies that his father taught him about being emotionally unavailable. Things like, you know, real men don't cry. We don't talk about our feelings. If we do, then we are weak and, you know, maybe light in our loafers, whatever. Either way, it is a bad thing to talk about how we feel. So true or false, it is a, it, this is bad. This is bad. False. Uh, if we as men talk about our feelings, we are either weak or light in our loafers. That is false. I, I, I personally have heard that in my time, in my life so many times uh, because if, if you're not expressing feelings of, of hunger or angry, uh, all the other emotions are, are bad. Uh, so, of course, after years of therapy, I still have no idea how to talk about my feelings most of the time. But the Holy Spirit, uh, He has led me to be able to do this. I can celebrate others. I can, I can celebrate their accomplishments without resenting them. I can encourage others and sympathize with them. I can show love and see love in and through others. And that's all because of the work of the Holy Spirit within me. If you're saying, man, that's, it's, not, it's not how I grew up. It's not how I was raised. And I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you that it's not how I grew up. It's not how I was raised. We don't speak words of encouragement. We only put other people down. We can't celebrate the accomplishments of others. I get it. I lived that life for 20 years and I, I assure you that if, if you're struggling with that, then you're not alone. You're not alone. Even the women in this room uh, were often uh, told that maybe they shouldn't express so many emotions. They shouldn't be so positive. And so, you know, it, it became hard because then you became cynical. You became alone. You became uh, segregated from the world because you thought that your emotions made you weak. And so instead of expressing them and talking about them and encouraging other people and loving other people, instead you just decided it was easier just to push other people away. So when Paul is writing this to the church, he understands that life because the way that he grew up was, was infinitely more so on that scale of emotional unavailability than any of us could even imagine. So he's coming to the point where he said, I have been changed by the Holy Spirit, and you can too. So he's not putting the church down. He's just saying, hey, if you, if you, if you experience these things, the list that he gave us, being encouraging, loving, sympathetic, compassionate, and affection, affectionate, if you experience those things, he understands that logically, Expressing those things will make the world a better place. Even if I think someone is being selfish, overbearing, and rude, I will likely attempt to allow that person to come to the conclusion themselves. Again, being encouraging, loving, sympathetic, compassionate, and affectionate will make the world a better place. Amen? Do we believe that? Do we believe that to be true? It's hard because, again, for men, I, I understand it, and for women, this is, this is sometimes it's hard because... You can't just be like encouraging to yourself. You can't be loving with yourself. You can't be sympathetic to yourself. You can't be compassionate and affectionate to yourself. This takes, again, real, authentic, raw relationships. If I tell you that you're a jerk, you will likely come to the conclusion that I'm the jerk. 
So what Paul is saying is not saying don't be a jerk. He's trying to encourage the positive, right? If I can gently lead you to the conclusion that you need to be more like Jesus in these ways, then you can actually have real change in your life for Jesus. Amen? Uh, I have learned the value of the encouraging word time and time again in my life, and I know how much the Holy Spirit loves to bring us to use our words to build others up. I know this to be true. I've seen it in my life. When I graduated from Bible college, my dad told me for the first time in my life that he was proud of me, and I still remember his words. I still remember that day. It was Bible college. I mean, it's just the Bible. I mean, they just give you those certificates, right? It's super easy. No, it wasn't easy. It was really hard, and it was really difficult, but uh, my dad told me he was proud of me, and I replay that moment in my mind often. It helps me through my bad days sometimes. Uh, my dear friend, Mike Miller, he spoke life into me during a period of my life when I, I wasn't even sure that I wanted, honestly, that if I wanted to live anymore. And this man spoke through the Holy Spirit. He spoke life into me. He told me I was talented, that I was uh, a person that he genuinely loved and cared for. He told me that I was attempting to live righteously and that I was worth him pouring into. And Mike, if you're listening, thank you for not giving up on me even when I'd given up on myself. Uh, an amazing friend from Bible college, his name's Cody. Uh, after my life had imploded, uh, you know, 12 years ago, 10 years ago, he called me and said, hey, what are, you, what are you doing with your life? And I was like, you know, I'm just working at Domino's, which is, it's a thing. Uh, so I was working at Domino's. And he said, you know, hey, my, my church needs a worship leader and you play guitar and sing, so come be our worship leader. And I was like, I don't, I'm not really feeling it. He goes, this is, this is who you are. This is what you do. You are a person that uses your gifts to glorify and grow the kingdom. And then he hung up. And I tried to call him back to tell him, hey, I can't make it to church on Sunday. I'm not going to be there. And he didn't answer. <laughs> so I tried calling him back and he, he didn't answer. So I showed up and he goes, hey, I'm glad you showed up. I was like, well, you didn't really give me an option. I mean, <laughs> you told me I had to be there. But my, you know, and it's not just them. You know, my amazing wife has seen me in my brokenness and spoken words of affirmation over me. She's prayed for me. She's loved me back to strength and encouragedness. Um, and it's because of Bob and Sherry Wood that I am uh, a pastor here. It's because of their words, uh, their unrelenting passion. Uh, and your words, your words are more powerful than you will ever know. I now love to encourage others. It is not something that came naturally to me. I almost never experienced it in my home life. But when I have experienced it in my life, it has changed who I am to my core. Again, the words of other people, when paired with their actions, obviously, but when the words of other people have been so positive and encouraging to me, they, they are a, a well of joy within me. They encourage the passion of Christ within me. I met uh, Ben and Holly Ewing before I became the pastor here at, at Redwood. Randy and Diane Clark took us out to dinner, and I was, I was blown away. If you don't know Ben and Holly, they're over here. They would love for me to point them out. Uh, I was blown away by how emotionally and spiritually healthy uh, these people were. I was blown away. And so thank you, Ben, for pouring your many gifts and your vast wisdom into this church and into myself personally. Thank you. Uh, I pray that you will continue to make a giant impact for Christ and that you will never question your ministry's worth. 
Uh, I'm constantly amazed by our elders here. If you didn't know, we have amazing elders here at Redwood. Uh, Ed, Randy, Jeff, and although Oli isn't an active elder right now, he definitely fills that role. These men are precious to me. These men constantly pour life into me. They speak truth. They speak love. They are affectionate and kind and wise. And I'm not saying this because I want to raise. Thank you, Ed. Appreciate that. I just need you guys to know that I, I genuinely love you from the bottom of my heart. I genuinely am so proud of you for the men that you have become. You could have taken any path in your life to be men who did anything, and you chose to be selfless, Christ-honoring men. So thank you for making that choice. Uh, Tanya and, and Ben Sutter, you guys uh, haven't been back you know, for, for too long, but every time that I, I'm praying for the church, I feel like the Holy Spirit brings your names to my mind. Because I feel like you guys can have such a huge impact here. I'm just, I'm really excited. I'm proud of you for serving the ways that you do and the impact that you guys will have uh, growing the family and just uh, serving. So thank you guys for, for coming and using your gifts. Uh, the worship team, week after week, week after week, y'all show up and bring us to the throne of God in praise. So thank you for using your gifts so intentionally to bring our whole church to worship our Lord and Savior week in and week out. And I just, I can't say thank you enough. Uh, Jim Williams faithfully serves the church without praise. The only time we recognize Jim is when he makes a mistake. So, and the reason we don't recognize him very much is because he doesn't make very many. So thank you, Jim. Uh, he's been doing this for a very long time, and I can't say thank you enough for using your gifts. Our children's ministry, man, they do the same thing. I can't believe how faithful they are. And then when I met with them uh, a couple weeks ago, I was expecting them to say, hey, we're tired, uh, we're burnt out, we just, I don't know if we can keep going. But instead, they said, hey, we're just so encouraged, we're excited. Uh, can we get some more Play-Doh and like fruit snacks? It's like, of course, yes, take them all. And so I was just really excited to encourage them as they encouraged me. So thank you again for serving uh, Pam. Again, Pam has been serving our church for a, a very long time faithfully, and she has so much wisdom about the church. And so it's just thank you for pouring that out, not hoarding that wisdom to yourself. You want to pass that on to others. So thank you for doing that a million times over. Thank you for everything. All of the friends that I've made here since coming here in Feb February, I just, I love you guys so much. And I, I know it's like, oh, this pastor gets up here and he's so gushy and emotional. It's like, that's not who I am naturally, okay? This isn't, this isn't me naturally. This is the Holy Spirit coming through me because honestly, I just, I love being here. I love being your pastor. I love coming to church. My wife and my kids, I, I mean, my wife is the smartest person I know. She's beautiful. She's thoughtful. And there's nothing in this world the devil could put in your way that you can't overcome. And you need to know that, and you need to believe that in yourself. Uh, Zeke and Zana, they're not here. They're in children's church right now. Uh, but I tell them every day that they're beautiful, they're smart, they're loved, and that they're going to do great things because I truly believe that. I can't wait to see what they will accomplish in life, and I am elated to play a small role in developing their gifts and encouraging them to use their gifts to bless others. And to the rest of the Redwood family, I encourage you not to be discouraged by whatever happens next in your life. Do not be discouraged by whatever happens next in your life. Every time our church begins to grow, the devil loves to swoop in and put seeds of doubt, discouragement, and dissension in our heads. Every time our church begins to grow, the devil loves to put 
in seeds of doubt, discouragement, and dissension in our heads. So don't let him ruin the beautiful friendships that God has created here. And if you're newer here uh, and you're just like really getting started to, to meet people, don't let the devil, again, discourage you not to be in relationships with people. I genuinely love each and every one of you. Again, I'm honored to be a pastor of such amazing people. Um, it's, it's only been six months, but I haven't had a bad day yet. Do you understand that? Like it's been six months and I haven't had a bad day yet. Think about all the jobs that you've ever had. How many times have you gone six months without a bad day? I am, I am immensely blessed. All right, so I spent 20 minutes on one verse, okay. Uh, 25? It was a pastoral count, right? It was 20. It's like a fisherman's count. How big was the fish? How long was your sermon? It's like, not that long. Okay. Uh, again, if you feel like I left you out, uh, I promise I, I didn't. I, I love you, and I'm excited to continue to do life with you. Okay, so this is the verse 2, right? Paul says to the church in Philippi, he says, Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and of one mind. Is that what it says? It's kind of weird, right? He says, you know, if you're looking at it, he says, being of the same mind and then end of one mind. So usually uh, in the Bible, when God or, or when pastors or, or uh, you know, when, when he's using Paul and he repeats himself, he usually does it like, you know, he'll say it and then he'll talk about something else and then he'll say it again. He'll be of the same mind and then he'll give us a, a long Paul uh, extended uh, uh, sentence and then he'll follow that up. But this is in the same sentence. This is in the same passage. He is telling the church and now us that being unified on the same focus, it is imperative to our health and our growth. Being in full accord, having the same love. Uh, what is it that we're supposed to be focused on together in love and accordance? What is it? that He, he was just talking about it in Philippians chapter 1. What is, what is he talking about? What is the thing that we're supposed to be focused on together? It's a lot of good things. Yeah, all of the above, maybe. It's the gospel. He's talking about the gospel, right? He spends a lot of Philippians chapter 1 talking about the gospel. And then uh, the following verses that we're going to look at next week, he's talking about how the gospel changes us and shapes us and, and what exactly the mind that we're supposed to have. But he's talking about bringing people to Christ, the gospel of preaching Christ to the lost world in order that they might be saved. Going to the sick, bringing them to a personal relationship with the healer, the, love, uh, the wonderful counselor, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the man who died on Friday and rose on Sunday and is alive forever because just as Randy said, we cannot fix anyone. We can just bring them to Christ. Do you know, do you know Jesus? Do you know, do you know Christ? Do you really know him? Well, let me tell you about him. Let me tell you about how he changed me, about how he changed my life and what he did for the whole world. Our one goal is not to impart the wisdom that we have created in our life. Our one goal 
is to bring people to the wisdom of Christ and to get others to take the steps forward into following and worshiping Jesus. So how is it? How is it that churches, like Redwood, uh, sometimes they go sideways? How is it that churches go sideways, that the church will split, the numbers drop so steadily? It is because our lack of unity and our lack of focus on the main thing. If we keep the gospel, the main thing, then we will grow. We will be healthy and we will have more and more to celebrate. Again, if we keep the gospel, the main thing. Then we will grow, we will be healthy, and we will have more to celebrate. Here is the temptation that is going to come soon, if it has not already come, into your heart, into your life. Uh, the devil's going to encourage you to make church about you. When we bicker and fight about which room we should worship in, what color the carpet should be, you all of the things that the, that the devil loves to put into our, our heart, the seeds of dissension. I've seen a church split because they changed what color the pews were. Not the battle when we got rid of the pews and brought in comfortable chairs, hallelujah, but the, they split because the pew color changed from a puke green to a puke orange. We've had puke green before, yeah, yeah, we know that color well. How is that possible? And then next week we're going to look at all the things that, that Jesus did and why it should encourage us to be selfless. How is it possible that we would split over the color of a place that we sit? The last thing the devil wants for any of us is for us to be in healthy relationships and serving and following Jesus. It's the last thing that he wants. When you feel those temptations come in, you need to have people that you can talk to, say, hey, am I being selfish here? Am I wrong about feeling or thinking this way? And then your friends go, yeah, you are. <laughs> that is wrong for you to think about that. Make my joy complete, is what he says, by being of the same mind, focused on the same thing. It's, it's the similar phrasing that, that Jesus, when he was talking about his, his cup being full, it's like this overflowing, make my joy overflowing by being of the same mind. If we are passionate about bringing people to Jesus and being more like Jesus ourselves, then the devil can't split us if we're all focused on the same thing. Amen? I'm going to call the worship team uh, back up here. But it isn't just Paul and I who believe wholeheartedly in this unity. Uh, but would it surprise you that one of the only prayers that we have recorded of Jesus, he prayed a lot, but they didn't, the disciples didn't like listen in all the time. Uh, but he specifically prays for our unity and the fact that it accomplishes other people being saved. And so we're going to put it up on the screen. This is John chapter 17, verses 20. And 21. So again, this is, this is Jesus praying. He says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, 
are in me and I in you, that you also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus prays for us to be unified so that the world may believe, so that the world may believe. Our unity in Christ and the gospel preaches the gospel just like our words will. Jesus prays for us to be unified. So next week, we're going to look at exactly what we're going to be unified in as we wrap up our study today. I need you to know this. Take every opportunity to speak positivity and truth and love into other people's lives. Do not hesitate. You never know what your encouraging word will do. I'm going to tell the story because uh, Ed Ownby isn't here today. But many years ago, uh, he wouldn't want me to tell this story uh, if he was here. Uh, Bob Wood was having one of those weeks. I think he'd been here for about 10 years, and he was sad. He was beat up. He was broken. He was literally taking the things in his office and putting them in boxes because he was done. He just he couldn't deal with it anymore. And Ed was working, and he, I think he said he was out on an excavator, and the Lord just said, call Bob. He said he just felt, he hit, he had it in his mind. And so he's like, but I'm working. But so, you know, as men, we're like, I'm, I'm busy. So he gets off, I think it, maybe it was a skid steer. So he gets off the, the large vehicle and he calls Bob and just said, hey, I just need you to know, I love you. You're doing great things here at Redwood. We are so blessed to have you. And he just poured into him. And again, that's not something that comes to Ed Ownby naturally. Not naturally, but he does it now. And, and they're both just crying on the phone. And Bob just says, thank you. You never know what your kind and encouraging words will do for someone. You never know. So whenever the Holy Spirit prompts you to reach out to someone and encourage them, do not delay do it. We have cell phones. We can always send a text. Uh, I love getting letters in the mail. I love sending out letters. So do not hesitate to encourage other people. Thank you so much again for coming here, allowing me to be your pastor. Let's grow in the same love. Are you ready to clap, Ed? Is that what you're doing? Okay. So thank you, Ed. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So forgive quickly, love tremendously, care more about the lost than we care about ourselves. And we will continue to grow and become the church that we are called to be. Let's pray together as we worship uh, God. We are just so blessed again just to be in this place, this beautiful, wonderful place with beautiful, wonderful people. So God, help us to continue to grow in our love and continue to speak encouragement and life into other people. And God, help us to receive those words. Don't let the devil put up barriers. Let us be full. Let our joy be made complete in those things. And Father, we just ask all of these things in your name and all God's people said, amen, amen. amen.